You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, Around Atlanta edition. Showcasing the best of Metro Atlanta, our communities, the attractions, and the special events that make Atlanta great. Welcome to our virtual town square. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the Around Atlanta edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my co-host and friend, Carol Morgan. Good morning, Carol. Finally, we get a return guest on the show, but it's one of our favorites. A good friend of yours, uh, does some important work in our community. Going to be a great conversation. It absolutely is. Let's get to it. We're joined by Carla Brown. She is a CEO and founder and chief alpha dog with Canine Pet Rescue. She's also a judge on the Gwinnett State Court. Carla, welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. I appreciate you making time. We were going through all of everything you're involved in. I'm surprised you had five minutes to actually come and join us. So thankful that you're able to join us today. Thanks for that. So before we get into our conversation around canine pet rescue, take a minute. Tell us a bit about you and your background. I am a native Georgian, grew up in North Georgia, up in Dalton, and went to school down in Macon and then found my way to Gwinnett County after graduating law school down there. And I've been in Gwinnett ever since. Practiced law in Gwinnett for about 14 years and then went on the bench as a state court judge where I've been since 2003. Began the rescue in 2009 and uh, have been doing dog rescue pretty much all my life, but started this particular rescue in 2009. Well, tell us more about Canine Pet Rescue, its mission and purpose. Canine Pet Rescue is primarily a German Shepherd rescue. I say primarily because we often take in other little dogs that we uh, fall in love with when Mm -hmm. we're in a shelter. But we're primarily a German Shepherd rescue. We focus on saving dogs from kill shelters here in Georgia. Uh, Many of our shelters are overloaded and overcrowded, simply don't have enough uh, rescues or adopters to save all the dogs. And so we step in when there is a German Shepherd that finds his way or her way to a shelter. All right. So this opened in 2009. Why the focus on German Shepherds? I was doing a little bit of all breed rescue, you know, just focusing on whatever needed help at that point and was working with rescues that focused on all breeds. I had a passion for German Shepherds as personally, you know, my favorite dog. And I was focusing myself on bringing more and more shepherds in. I realized that all breed rescues are really not set up to handle German shepherds, Mm. to adequately take them in, train them or place them. They're more difficult dogs than a lot of other dogs. And it was just a, a more difficult placement. I felt like they deserved more time and attention than they were getting. And I figured the way to do that was to start my own rescue. Outstanding. So you use the word difficult. I would say they're more sensitive and smarter. Which makes them difficult. Correct. <laughs> right. I have, I have one of those horses, too. Yes. More sensitive and smarter, which yes. means she, re- she double thinks and thinks ahead of me. Well, I don't know if you know the statistics. I asked you this a few weeks ago, but I think our audience would love to hear, you know, how many dogs did you place in 2019? And what are some of the best success stories? 2019 was a really difficult year. Our intake in 2019 was a difficult year because of all the puppy mill neglect uh, and cruelty cases that we were involved with. So our intake in 2019 uh, was a little over 150, which is about 50 more (laughs) than what it normally is. And we adopted around 125 
in 2019. So it was an extraordinarily busy year. We had not only a larger number of dogs, but we also had some really difficult dogs, both medically speaking and temperament speaking. Not mean temperament, but dogs that were completely unsocialized, had never seen a leash, had never worn a collar, had never been outside of maybe a a five by 10 area (sighs) and had to be exposed to everything that life has to offer, including toys and clean water. But it it was a banner year for both intake and for adoptions. We had some wonderful placements, in particular, the puppy mill situation that we were involved in back in January of 2019. We took in 31 dogs from that situation, and we had some great placements out of that. We have a couple of dogs that are still with people that continue to volunteer with Mm -hmm. us, and so we get to hear updates all the time. Maverick, Luke, uh, Shaggy, I could just name over and over the ones that that come to mind that were just awesome placements and had gone from living in filth and mud and just knowing the conditions they were in and seeing them today is amazing. It's really heartwarming. Well, those are impressive numbers on the intake and, and adoption. That's uh, that's most impressive, especially for a difficult dog. I mean, that's uh, kudos to you and uh, Godspeed on continued success with with those numbers. Um, you know, for someone, I think a lot of people don't recognize the difficult places these dogs often come from. And that obviously speaks to what kind of dog they're, they're going to adopt. Any, any thoughts, any advice that you can share with someone who is considering adoption uh, on what to look for, what to do, what not to do? I think the first thing is to partner with an organization that's going to help you figure out what dog is appropriate for your family. And, you know, we all like to get on the Internet, right, and Google. And there's there's many tests out there that you can take. You know, what type of dog do I need? It's going to take into consideration uh, how much are you at home? How much free time do you have? How active are you? What do you like to do when you come home from work? Do you like to go run five miles or do you like to curl up on the sofa? <laughs> what about Saturday and Sundays? Are you home? Are you out with the kids all day? Can you mm-hmm. take the dog with you? How big is your yard? There's so many factors that go into it. You know, how many hours of training a week do you want to put into a dog? How much shedding are you willing to consider? (laughs) There's so many different issues that will help you figure out what type of dog you need. There's a dog for everyone. There's a type of dog for everyone. It's just figuring out the right one. And then there's a rescue for every single breed out there. I do not care what dog you want, how unusual it may be. There is a rescue where you can find that breed. It's just a matter of searching. Well, on that question, uh, my wife and I have our own foundation, and Animal Rescue is one of our tenants. So I've been doing a ton of research with different organizations, and there are countless groups of people that are uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. doing uh, things with rescue dogs. And, and you just worry, I, is, it, is, this, is this particular one reputable? Are they doing the right kinds of things? How do you tell? What kind of questions can you ask? What kind of things can you look for when you're identifying a rescue organization so that you can, that you're insured of, of working with a reputable partner? It's hard. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, it's hard. We just took in two German Shepherds, Amelia and Tucker, from a quote rescue, and I hate to even call them that, but they were a licensed Georgia rescue that wound up in a neglecting hoarding situation. I'm sure their intentions were good to begin with, but the dogs were in horrible shape Mm -hmm. and horrible living conditions. It's tough. I would say in the beginning, um, someone should look for a rescue first that is licensed by the Georgia Department of Agriculture. That's the number one. If nothing else, you want Mm -hmm. a rescue that's licensed by the Department of Agriculture. Secondly, find a rescue that has its 501c3 status so that you know a nonprofit that the donations going to them are going to the dogs being used for a good purpose and not going in somebody's pocket as a business. 
if it's a small rescue, you know, many rescues don't have a locale. They don't have a place where you can go and visit. If there is a place you can go and visit, check it out. See what it looks like. See if it's clean or not. Many rescues are foster home based. And so that makes it a lot more difficult. The one thing that you need to make sure of if somebody's looking to adopt is the medical records on the dog. And I think that will tell a lot about what the rescue did. There should be blood work. There should be a full vaccine panel. There should be heartworm testing, heartworm preventative, deworming. You know, I could go on and on. But all the basic care that that we provide our dogs, the rescue should have already done before the dog is adopted. The dog should be in good health. Or if it came in to the rescue with a physical condition, it should be on a road uh, to good health, you know, with a, a road map that the adopter can have to keep the dog on that track. Temperament, of course, is going to be paramount to any adoption. And knowing that the rescue would have trainers that you could work with if you do need help after you adopt. You know, rescue dogs are often damaged in some way because of the experiences they've been through. And even if they're they're not necessarily damaged, they may just not have the experience of living in a home, mm-hmm. of, you know, being house trained, of not barking for attention or barking for food. There's so many just minor things that we we don't think about that it's all new to them. And so you want to know that you have the backup when you go in with the rescue dog organization that's going to be there to help you through all the trials and tribulations and also share the success story with you. Yeah. So I can speak for Canine Pet Rescue both as a volunteer and as a dog adopter. I have two Canine Pet Rescue um, German Shedders in my house. And uh, yes, I should vacuum every day, but I don't. We were discussing so, the shedding thing yes, we're earlier discussing in the shedding. show. I have a golden retriever. So. Yes, there's lots of shedding. But, um, you know, one of my two dogs did come in with some anxiety, I guess. And I will say that Carla put me in touch with a trainer who came out and gave me just you know, and I consider myself an experienced German Shepherd owner, but I was like, you know, is he dangerous? Because I wasn't really sure. And then after watching the trainer work with me and having work with him and work with me, we realized, no, he's just incredibly insecure. And it was something I was just having a hard time figuring out on my own. So for, to me, that was, you know, paramount to figuring out, you know, how this dog thinks and what he really needed. Because what he really needed is for me just to put him on a leash when anyone new came over because he felt secure on the leash. And we did that for about six months and now he's good. So, you know, it's just... Very cool. Think you need 20% down to become a homeowner? Think again. What if you could buy a home without a down payment? That's right. New American Funding understands that saving for a down payment can be difficult. They have competitive loan programs that can get you into a new home. Their 100% FHA financing loan program makes getting into a new home with no down payment possible. Let one of their home loan professionals pre-qualify you. Contact a new American Funding loan officer today to find out more about these niche loan programs and start your home ownership journey. For more information, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Anyway, I know that we have coming up on May 16th, Bikes, Barks, and Barbecue. So give us an overview of that event. Well, this is our 10th year. I can't believe that it's our 10th year to to have the event. It's amazing. Bikes, Barks, Barbecue started out as the idea of one of our adopters who adopted a little, at that point, I think he weighed all seven pounds, little, not a German Uh shepherd. But we, uh, I met Dave and Shelly and we became fast friends. They are very avid motorcycle riders. 
And they, along with uh, Wanda Johnson, had the idea to do a motorcycle ride. So we developed it where we could have a motorcycle ride in the morning. It would end at my farm and we would have a dog event, kick it off with a barbecue at noon, have events for kids, bounce house, dog demos, vendors, and just make it a fun afternoon. People can bring their dogs out, especially adopted dogs. Mm -hmm. We love to see those when people bring those out. And so this is the 10th year of, of doing it. It's grown every year. And weather permitting, we will have another banner year this year for our 10th anniversary. Yeah, so for those of us who don't have a motorcycle, and clearly I don't have one, I know I usually go and enjoy lunch and enjoy the demonstrations, but do you know already what demonstrations there'll be this year and what time should people without a motorcycle plan to arrive? Okay, so it really is two separate events. It's the motorcycle ride that ends at the farm, and that sort of kicks off the uh, the luncheon and the right. barbecue that uh, any any non-riders can join mm-hmm. for. So that starts at 12, mm-hmm. and that's at my farm in Decula. The dog demos usually kick off around 12.30, 12.45 after folks have had a chance to start getting lunch and get settled in. We always have, uh, and are very blessed to have, my neighbor and friend, Dean Wirtz, who is a multiple world champion disc dog mm-hmm. uh, competitor. And he will bring down uh, several dogs that they have and come down and do a demo. And that's really one of our most popular demos. We are fortunate enough to have the support of the Lawrenceville Police Department, who always escorts our ride. So our motorcycle ride is fully escorted, which for those that don't ride, that means once the motorcyclists leave on the start of their ride, they do not put their feet down the entire ride. They don't stop for red lights. They don't stop for stop signs. It's a fully escorted ride, which makes it a lot more fun. So we'll have the Lawrenceville Police Motor Unit escort the ride. And then for demos, we have the Lawrence Police Canine Unit. Sean Humphreys is a supporter and volunteer with us. Also helps with some training issues and actually helped this past weekend with a potential adoption. Yeah. Um, so he's one of the canine handlers for Lawrenceville and and will be joining us on that day. We're not sure who else will be there, but it's always a great time. Now, Carol, I know that you're intimately involved, uh, not only with the shelter, uh, as you uh, mentioned earlier, you've adopted two of their animals. You're also involved in, in uh, the, the event itself. Uh, and this is obviously a key fundraiser for them. So talk about that a bit. If people want to sponsor, can they still do that? How does that all work? Oh, absolutely. So we're always looking for sponsors. So sponsors for the event and corporate sponsors just overall for Canine Pet Rescue. So, you know, I would just encourage anyone to reach out to us on the website and let us know how they'd like to get involved, whether they want to volunteer as an individual and just give us some time or whether they want to help sponsor one of our senior dogs. There's really multiple ways to get involved. I mean, you could give us a donation of $25. You could give us $25,000. We'll be happy to take either because it is not inexpensive to take care of these dogs and to place these dogs and to retrain these dogs and to bathe the dogs and to give them all the medications they need. And, you know, Carla really didn't state this explicitly, but this is a 100% volunteer organization. There's not one single paid staff member at all. So all of us volunteer our time, whether it's, you know, and I probably spend you know a lot less time than a lot of these people do. I, I run the Facebook page, but there's people who volunteer to feed the dogs in the kennel and to clean the kennels every morning and every night or every Saturday. And then there's all the fosters. I think we have 25 or 30 foster families or foster parents that have dogs who will meet people on weekends to see if that dog is the right fit for them. Then the people who fill out all the forms. I mean, there's a million j- different jobs, literally. And, you know, if you are passionate about German Shepherds or want to learn more about them and want to get involved, and especially if you're on the Gwinnett side of town, I would do more with the dogs if I was on that side of town. But I'm literally an hour and a half 
with no Atlanta traffic from my farm to Carlos <laughs> Farm. So I do what I can do. But, you know, reach out. You reach out to us on Facebook or reach out to us on the website and let us know that you want to get involved and we'll find a way. Well, if you rewind the podcast and listen again to Carla's description of how you identify a reputable rescue uh, and all those things that she walked us through are things that you do. And those cost a lot of money to do those kinds of things and and to put that kind of love and devotion into these animals. So uh, I'm certain donations are obviously always welcome, Carol. Absolutely. Well, you know, and one thing Carla told me early on, and I think it's so true with this breed, if you go back to how smart they are and how sensitive they are, you know, we've taken in a dog that's already had one bad experience. We don't want them to have another bad experience. So it's really key that we find the right match for that dog as they go on with their life, hopefully for the second and for their final, you know, forever, as we like to say, home, because it's really hard to bring them back in and rehab them again. So, you know, that's something that I really appreciate that, you know, we've got a lot of people who work very hard to make those matches. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Carla, any other comments on the whole idea of rescue? Anything else you want us to know about that, that process? I think one thing that people don't realize, they can help no matter where they are. We do need boots on the ground. We do need people out at the kennel. I was at our kennel until almost one o'clock last night. Yep. Playing with the dogs, getting them out for the last time (laughs) because we didn't have a lights out person last night. So it, it does help to have boots on the ground, but we can use help almost from anywhere. You know, we, our main adoption processor processes our applications and does all the initial talking with applicants is in Florida. You know, thanks to the web, thanks to the internet, we can really use help from just about anywhere. And I like to tell people, you know, even if you can't help us, there's a rescue organization around the corner. I don't care where you live. I don't care what state you're in or really what country you're in. There mm-hmm. are rescue organizations everywhere. And one of my favorite things if I go on a trip out of the country is to find a local dog rescue and go talk to them. And sometimes she brings dogs home. And sometimes I bring dogs home. That is is one of the reasons that Mr. Schnick and I don't go to as many rescues is for that very reason is that there's always a risk that someone else is joining the family. It's it's hard to not bring them home. But there's ways that anyone can help. Uh, Everyone has something that they can contribute to a rescue organization. Some people don't have extra money. Some people don't have extra time. You know, some people have a talent with Excel spreadsheets. I don't know where to start. You know, everybody has Mm -hmm. their own talent that they can give to an organization. And I would just encourage everybody to donate of themselves some way, somehow to a rescue organization because we all need the help. All right. Great stuff. Carla, before I let you go, uh, once again, should anyone need to learn anything they need to know about Canine Pet Rescue, where do they go? There are several different places. Our website, caninepetrescue.com. And I always say canine is spelled out, C-A-N-I-N-E, petrescue.com. Our Facebook page is very active and quite beautiful now, thanks to (laughs) Carol Morgan. (laughs) So we are Canine Rescue on Facebook, uh, Canine Pet Rescue. Our logo is a heart with a German Shepherd jumping through it. So when you see that, you'll know that you have landed on the right place. And we should probably also uh, wish you well on your re-election campaign. Uh, uh, you're hopefully will be re-elected uh, this coming May. So good luck with that as well. Carla Brown, the CEO and founder and chief alpha dog with <laughs> Canine Pet Rescue. Appreciate your important work. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that wraps this week's Around Atlanta edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. All the time we have for today. And thanks for listening. So we'll look forward to seeing you again right here next week. We'll see you then. 
Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.